Welcome to the Easy Living Yards podcast. Here, you'll learn how to create a beautiful, eco-friendly yard so you can enjoy a beautiful space that makes our world a better place. I'm your host, Ben Hale, and I'm an ecological landscape designer in beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio. My goal is to make as many beautiful, chemical-free, purposeful landscapes in our world so we can live better while helping the world around us. We cover topics from native plants, permaculture, and ecological landscaping to organic gardening, kid-friendly playscapes, healthy outdoor play, and living with purpose. Let's jump in and create your beautiful space that makes our world a better place. Welcome to episode 109 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Guys, it's 2021. It's the gardening season. I am super excited to be back, and I hope you are too. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. What we do here at Easy Living Yards is talk about eco-friendly landscaping and all that encompasses how to redesign your own landscape to be beautiful, to be easy to maintain, and to be better for our planet. That's what we're here doing at Easy Living Yards, and I'm glad to have you here with me. For those of you who have been here for a while, welcome back. I'm excited to be kicking off another series with this show. Uh, Before we jump into today's episode, which is about how to design a beautiful garden bed, I want to talk a little bit about um, kind of background stuff, preview for what we're talking uh, on the podcast this year, um, things like that. So quick off, um, we're switching from an episodic format to a seasonal format. And quite frankly, guys, I just want to be transparent here. Um, (laughs) This show takes a lot of effort to produce. And um, it's been quite difficult for me to really crank out quality content every single week um, of the year. And what I've noticed after, you know, this is, we're now getting into what will be season four of, of the Easy Living Yards podcast. And kind of looking at all the metrics, I realize most of you guys find the most value in the show, of course, during the gardening season. That's when we're thinking about uh, working in our yards. Um, that's when we're actively doing landscaping projects And so, of course, that's when we're most interested in it. So what I'm going to do is refocus efforts to really crank out um, the quality shows that you guys expect um, during the gardening season. So we're going to be targeting, I don't don't know, I still have to feel out, but this year, you know, we're going to look into uh, starting up around April and going through probably September, October maybe um, time frame uh, with some good shows. And it may not be a weekly show. Uh, I'm kind of... um, feeling that out too as to what I'm capable of doing right now uh, and and also what works out with um, getting some good content out. So uh, what I will be committing to is is some really good shows this season and I hope you guys ex- enjoy them. And also, of course, I'm always open to feedback. So always drop me a note if you want to about maybe what you want to hear about. Um, you know, I'm open to suggestions with the show or if you guys have questions, of course, uh, you can always reach me as well. Um, so for for this year, yeah, we're we're starting off um, <laughs> finally, and uh, and yeah, with the with the switch to, of course, a uh, part of the background here is you know what I talk about on the show a lot is is making sure we maximize time to refocus our efforts not on the chores in our life like landscaping that can often be a burden, uh, but in, instead refocus our life on what's important and fill in around the edges with the things that need to be done. And that goes um, for our landscape as well. So designing a low-maintenance landscape is a huge 
piece of that, of course. It takes more effort to design it and to implement it. But once you do, it's a lot less work. And so that's what really I hope you can take away from what you learn through Easy Living Yards. And so with that too, uh, you know, I'm trying to refocus my efforts on what's important. And this show and my Easy Living Yards business is a side hustle for me right now. And so working full-time plus running a business plus recording a, a weekly podcast has just turned out to be way too much for me to handle and, and balance family life as well. So so that's kind of me trying to, you know, practice what I preach. And and I hope you guys are okay with that and, and can really enjoy the, the stuff that's coming out. Um, in other news, uh, what to expect this year. So... I'm hoping to get some kind of solo shows like this one today that are focused more on kind of educational type stuff, um, how-to type um, shows uh, that are very subject focused. And then also maybe some free form type shows that I usually try to do about, you know, kind of deeper level stuff that we talk about sometimes on on the podcast. Um, some of you I know don't, don't really like that, but I think it's important to talk about, you know, to put things into perspective. And so we'll have some of those types of shows too, which are usually solo shows. And then, of course, um, I'm going to try to integrate some more interview-type format shows as well. So I'm reaching out to several folks this season uh, to see if they're interested and hopefully, you know, uh, get some of these awesome people that are, are in this space to, to really um, get us passionate and engaged in trying to make a difference in our yard. So hoping to get some awesome shows lined up for you guys there. All right, so let's just dive into today's topic. So we're going to talk about how to design a beautiful garden bed. I've talked about this uh, a couple times uh, throughout the show, but it's worth bringing back again and um, and maybe in a concise format that we're going to be talking about today. So today we're going to be talking about a couple buckets of how to design a beautiful garden bed. If you look at a lot of gardens, um, they're not very well designed, to be frank. Um, <laughs> and in fact, they look more like haphazard. Um, so you'll notice random shrubs or random plants here and there, uh, very spaced out, lots of mulch. Uh, in between and that sort of thing. And it's not really a cohesive design. And so what I'm hoping that you learn is if you're looking to do your own landscaping work here, to figure out how to make your design work more cohesive. This is what the pros do. It's really what sets apart professional work from you know the DIY type work. And that's kind of where my show, I'm trying to bridge some of that for you. And of course, nesting it into uh, the eco eco principles or ecological landscaping that we all care about here. So uh, when it comes to designing a beautiful garden bed, four buckets I'm going to be talking about today are the goals we set, the function our landscape design performs, the design basics that we want to follow, and then of course plant selection. Now, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Well, what plants do I uh, what plants do I put in my landscape that work the best? That's usually what people jump to, and and quite frankly, the plants are a very small element of design. They're the kind of the last piece, and then, of course, it's an area we're all very interested and passionate about. But but they come. They're kind of like the last bit uh, before installation, and. They're just kind of, you know, it's it's a piece that for some people is very overwhelming and some people is just very fun and obsessive. And plants are cool. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I love plants. I love talking about different plants and and I get very passionate about it. And I think plants, you know, it's just so fascinating the the just wide variety of plants and, and 
yeah, we could go on, but I think you get the picture here. But really what we need to do, if we want to have a beautiful design and a beautiful garden bed, something that really, you know, pops and says, has the wow factor that we want, we have to go through the proper design process. And so the first thing we need to do is we need to start with goals. So when it's, when we're looking at goals, we have to look both at the goals for the garden as well as the goals for your property as a whole. Okay, so we have to do both here. We have to be clear on what our overall goals are for our landscape, our entire property, and then distill that down to the specific project you're thinking about. Okay, this is very important because it makes sure as you go through different parts of your landscape, it's cohesive and it's deliberate and it's well designed, even though we're doing each part one at a time. That's very important. Uh, Otherwise, you get this kind of haphazard look, um, hodgepodge type thing going on. And um, it's really important to to try and avoid that if we want to have something that looks nice. You know, as think about a guest coming to your yard, they're going to come driving down the street. They're going to have a glimpse of your entire landscape before maybe they're looking at a specific garden bed or even a specific plant. And so you want that entire landscape for your long-term, you know, long-term goals to be cohesive, to look like it's really well-planned and thought out because it is well-planned and thought out. So that's where we're going to start is start with your goals. So you want to sit down and actually do like a, a thought exercise on this. What does your landscape do, right? What does your garden do? Okay, so now we're going to, I think, you know, uh, we need to talk big picture, but also immediate to your garden project. So I'm going to now switch gears and talk just about the garden project piece. But no, as I talk about this goal piece, you also have to do the same thing for the big picture stuff. So what does your garden do? Okay, what's the function of it? Okay, we're going to get talk about function next. Maybe I used the wrong word there. But um, what do you want your garden to do for you? What's, what's its purpose? Maybe that's a better word. What does it mean to you as well, right? What's the meaning behind it? So purpose, meaning, right? These are kind of ambiguous words and deliberately so because this is trying to get you to think about what this garden means for you, okay? What do you want it to say about you? You know, when we have our landscape around our house, it's reflective of our personality in a way right? We don't want it to be just some generic thing. We want it to be unique to us because it is unique. Every landscape is unique, right? Even if you live on a postage stamp lot, the property you live on is different than the one next to you and so on and so forth, right? So how not only is the landscape itself different from a physical standpoint, but what you do with it, how is it different from your neighbors and, you know, every other house in your neighborhood, so what does it say about you? What, how does your personality reflect through your landscape? How do your values reflect for, through your landscape? To me, this piece is very important. So kind of wrap all those things up, you know, jot down some notes, figure out the big picture piece, and then of course the garden as well, right? Now, once we have those goals clear, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to think about what the functions of your landscape perform. Okay, so landscapes are functional pieces, right? So think about, you know, your front door. If you walk out your front door, you're not going to walk onto a puddle of mud, right? So you need a functional piece there to help get you from your front door to your car, for example, or your front door to the sidewalk so you can go take a walk. There's functional elements in place to help you do so, so you're not splashing through a mud puddle. So when you think about your garden that you're planning, 
and you're going to design is a beautiful garden, what functions does it need to perform? This could be something like we just talked about, providing access, you know, good quality access. Or it could be something like a visual barrier, so you're not staring at your neighbor's open bathroom window or something, right? <laughs> um, it could be, you know, a more, <laughs> a less, less important visual barrier in that it just provides you, um, you know, a feeling of, of um, being in an isolated space, not thinking that you're, you know, staring at a row of houses in your neighborhood or something, right? Um, it, the function could be something at like welcoming guests, you know, th- this garden will welcome guests into my, uh, into my property and help them feel um, blank, help them feel at home, or help them feel like they're an exotic pl- in an exotic place, or help them feel vibrant and and bright and and um, excited. You know, something like that. This is you know for those of you that are you know the the very um, methodic and um, <laughs> straightforward type. This might be difficult for you, but this is important. Okay, it's important to have the to have the structured planning type stuff, but then also have this soft you know artsy kind of stuff too. It's important to have a blend of both. And so for whatever part that you struggle with, make sure you still focus on that other piece, whether it's the structured planning piece and, and, you know, the very methodical piece, or it's this kind of softer artsy stuff. Both are important. So try and try and, you know, help your open yourself to both. Um, It could be just as simple as, you know, the function could be as simple as something like providing beauty bringing beauty to your space. Maybe your house feels like it's, you know, it's this giant square block on this giant flat piece of property uh, that, you know, suddenly like crashes into the street and that's it, right? And so you want to break that up. You want to provide some beauty, some interest. So your, you know, a visitor's eye or your own eye can kind of rest on something and be engaged by something in the landscape instead of just seeing it as a flat expanse with a house, okay? That's a function, all right? Um, maybe a function could be something like relaxation, right? Again, it's kind of like that visual barrier piece we talked about. Maybe the goal and the the functional element of the goal is to provide relaxation. So it could be, you know, designing a space that's full of, um, full of soft kind of plants and, and ones that, you know, do kind of provide a visual barrier so you feel like you're enclosed in a room uh, surrounded by garden plants um, with, you know, some textures that that um, sway in the wind really well or something and, and provide some sound to block the sound of the highway going by, you know, nearby and so on and so forth. So I think you kind of can picture that. That's a function, okay? So think about what function you want your garden to des- to perform as you design it. So next, after we've kind of talked about goals, we've talked about functions, we need to know actually how to design this, right? So this is stuff, again, I want you to jot down notes for each of these sections. So if you haven't jotted down notes for your goals or your functions, you need to do so before you get into your two-year design piece. And the reason for that is we need to get this stuff out of our head and clearly put in front of us. So then when we need to clearly think about design, our head's not jumbled with all this stuff about functions and goals and getting mixed up and forgetting about each piece. We want to have it written down, clearly put there. So one, 
If you decide something isn't congruent or doesn't feel right, you can change it. And two, because it can be clearly in front of you as you're designing, and you don't have to think about it actively. You can just read it, acknowledge it, remember it, you thought about it, and then move into the creative design space. Okay, so that's where we're getting now, is into this creative design space. Now, the basics of design... There's tons and tons of books on this. Um, This is not specific to eco-friendly landscaping. This is just general design. It's very important stuff. It is a, you know, it's a very deep subject that has so many different elements. Just like think of, think of like art, right? If I say, I want to teach you art, there are a million ways I could teach you art, right? There could be, you know, there's so many different styles, so many different mediums, and so on and so forth. Well, design is very similar. Um, Landscape design by one designer, one very well-known designer, is entirely and completely different than landscape design uh, if you were to contract a a total, you know, a a very different um, well-known landscape designer, okay? So just like art... The styles and design are different, but the basics, the fundamentals are similar, okay? The process and the fundamentals are very similar. So that's what I want to share with you now is some of the key elements of that. Now, when we're thinking about design, we, we before we get into this, you know, the specific basics, I want us to think about the basics of what design does. Now, so why are we designing our landscape, right? Well, one is it's an an expression of the goals we just figured out, right? So we want the design to reflect those overarching goals. And it's also an implementation of the functions we just figured out as well. So that's why we did that process first is we need to figure out what are our goals and how does the design express those goals through our specific garden we're talking about. And likewise, what are the functions we need served and how do we implement those functions through the design of our garden? Now, I hope you're starting to understand why all of this stuff is, it comes before the plants because plants are like, um, let's go back to the art analogy, right? So we might say we want to, we want to express the deepness of thought in humanity, I don't know. I'm not an artist, right? But um, let's let's say that's what we're we're tasked with doing, right? That's our goal, and and the functional piece. Uh, I don't know if I have a good analogy off the top of my head for that, but but that's our intent is to express the deepness of thought in humanity. I think that's what I said. Well, there are so many ways we could go about doing that, right? But but what we need to be sure we're doing is we're somehow expressing that and it could be through multiple different media right it could be uh, oil on canvas right or it could be um, a clay sculpture that that somehow describes that you know like think of the thinker sculpture right Um, that could be the deepness of thought of humanity right so there are many ways to do that and that's kind of like the plants right the plants we could have you know a ton of um over overly bright um top heavy double flowering annuals interspersed throughout our garden or we could have you know dark wispy conifers that that you know somehow express the same thing but what we want to figure out first before thinking about all those plants is we want to make sure whatever we choose serves our goals 
in our functions that we've listed out. Okay. And, and that's why we're going through this process. So, okay. So design is an expression of our goals and implementation of function, right? We've got that figured out. So now what are some of the kind of elements of design that I want you to think about? One is form. Okay. When I'm talking about form, I'm talking about the, the physical presence of your garden, okay? So the physical presence of your garden, not the specific plants again, but how maybe the, the stuff in your garden looks. What's the, um, so form is kind of tied to structure, for me at least how I define it. Um, so think of the structure, right? So you might have, you know, a tall, um, tall, wide plant here or something like that, right? Or tall mass of wide plants, um, so on and so forth. So maybe maybe a way to think about this is if you think of, um, you know, those typical landscapes with the yew bushes, those evergreen blocky bushes that you go out and you trim with those hedge trimmers that um, kind of drive me crazy and I think are super ugly. That's my opinion coming through. But, but um, you know, they serve a function, right? Just not the ones I prefer. Um, but if you think about designing completely with those bushes that would be like your structure okay so how those kind of masses are formed across your landscape now i'm not saying i want you to design with yew bushes but maybe if you picture your design first with those right that's like your form and your structure okay so how would you sculpt that or you know it's kind of like molding the clay we talked about with the the expression of human thought or, or whatever it was so kind of use those those topiaried um, yew bushes as your clay as you mold it through the garden space you're designing okay now you know once we get to the plant part we replace that with specific types of plants that have other specific functions than just a mass of dark green right um, but for now think about the form we want to have the form in place before we even think about plants, okay? What does it look like if we just picture the shadow of the plants that were there, okay? Um, or if they were you bushes, right? Um, these, these kind of form the backbone of your design, the form and the structure, okay? And, and when it comes to form, you know, you don't have just a giant rectangle of you bushes in front of your house, I hope. Um, there, there's more to it, right? So you want that form to be varied, um, so you might have something tall here and something a little shorter and a little deeper or wider or whatever, you know, um, your form should be varied um, and, and in an appealing way. So you kind of work through that, you know, different things covering different parts of your garden um, in different ways. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm being kind of ambiguous here, but it's because every design is different. So you got to figure out what the form is for your design. Now, when it comes to, okay, I'm, I'm going to get here. I'm just going to talk one word about the other things I'm going to talk about with design basics, and then we'll kind of hash through each of them. So we talked about form and structure. We're going to be talking about uh, texture, color, balance, symmetry, and repetition. Okay. Uh, so each of these kind of interplay with each other. So that's why I decided maybe it's best to just give you a glimpse uh, of what we're talking about. Now we're going to go through one by one what each of these means for your design. So we just covered form and structure, right? Now we want texture added to that as well. 
So uh, again, if we think about art, right, maybe just uh, a painting type art, <laughs> um, we're, we're looking at tons of different textures we could use, right? Even with one media, but you could have textures that are made from, you know, charcoal on canvas or oil on canvas, very different, right? Um, forms uh, of media, but also provide different textures, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so when it comes to plants, it's very similar as well. So if we think about our yew bushes, right, they're kind of imposing, they're very solid, they're very um, uniform, and they're very dark. Um, and then if we had, you know, a, a giant clump of super wispy grasses next to it that sway in the wind, uh, those are very different textures, right? Um, we could also have a, a shrub next to that that's very kind of a loose shrub, not very dense, so it lets a lot of light percolate through it, and so you get a lot of different kind of um, shades of, of light kind of trickling through. So that's a very different texture than, you know, the yew bush and the grass as well. So those are examples of texture. You want to have varied texture, so it, that way if you're... It's, you know, perceiving a landscape, there's a lot of variety to it and it's not very um, uniform and plain. So again, if you think about um, your landscape and, and looking at texture, one way to think about it is if, if you were to take a photo in black and white of your landscape, it takes away all that color um, and, and some of that, you know, depth to it and just gives you the raw texture of your landscape. So that's kind of something to picture is if I were to look at my landscape in black and white, would, would this design I'm thinking about, would it have a varied texture? Okay. As well as a good structure and form at the same time. Now, of course, we want color as well, right? And this is really the last little bit. Okay. This shouldn't be the part that you rely on in your landscape. This is like the, the, I don't know, the, it's like the, um, like the, <laughs> um, the decorative icing rosettes on your cake, right? Instead of the, the base icing and all of the, um, you know, um, other icing, it's the little tiny rosettes that maybe are put around the top of your wedding cake or something. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm struggling with the analogies today, but I hope that makes sense. Um, so color in your landscape, it's, it's, it's at one point, it's kind of fundamental if you want, you know, pops of color. But on the other hand, it shouldn't be what you rely on for the beauty of your landscape. Because the reality is, for most color, you know, again, a lot of times we think about flowers. And that is a very common element in the color of your landscape and usually the brightest and most exciting piece. But flowers are temporary, right? So um, they don't last long, and so it's hard to rely on them for a good design. A good design should rely on the structure-type plants uh, providing some beauty, um, and various accent plants along with that providing beauty uh, in their own way, um, and not just their, their flowering habits. Okay, so color is very wonderful to add to the landscape, but it's also fleeting. And so we got to think about how to balance that properly um, to, to get some beautiful bursts of color at various times throughout the growing season, as well as thinking about um, once that season fades, how do you still have interest um, through the, for those of us that live in um, temperate climates, through the cold season where uh, everything kind of appears dead? How do you still have beauty there? So color is important, but not the core of your design.
Okay, so now we're going to talk about three very important groups in your design. Balance, symmetry, and repetition. They kind of all interplay with each other, so hopefully I can clearly explain this in a way that doesn't kind of overlap too much into these other groups. So for balance, we want to think about how to across, if we picture the, the, um, the entire picture of our garden design, we want there to be balance. And, and what I mean by this is you don't want it to feel too lopsided uh, across the design on one specific element or the other. Okay, and we're talking three-dimensionally here. So side to side, front to back, top to bottom. Okay, um, so you don't want to be out of balance when it comes to any of these elements we talked about. Color, texture, structure, or form. So you want to have a feeling that it's not, you know, totally lopsided. Um and I'm <laughs> let's trickle into symmetry because we're kind of getting there almost, right? So balance is one thing because you can have balance uh, in in many ways without symmetry, okay? Um, and I want to make that clear. Now, symmetry, in contrast, and somewhat similarly at the same time, um, it provides a little bit of sense of intent to your landscape, and it's not always necessary. And so if you think about symmetry of where if, you know, you fold a piece of paper in half and everything's the same on both halves, that's, um, that's formal symmetry. But you don't always have to have formal symmetry. Um, but there is, it is nice to have some level of balance across both sides of a design. Um, so you might not have to have the exact same planting scheme on, you know, say both sides reflected upon each other as, you know, formal symmetry is, but you could maybe have a loose type symmetry where, you know, for example, you, um, you frame something. So like a doorway, if you have a foundation planting and you plant something, you know, a very stark structural plant on each each side of your doorway, you're providing symmetry around the doorway to frame it. Now, the rest of the design beyond that on either side of the door could be different, but you still want it to be balanced, okay? And so this is kind of the contrast between balance and symmetry. Um, so if you have a loose symmetry, you could, you know, the design could be bigger or smaller on one side of the door or the other, but you still have a, um, a you still have a, um, a usage of similar elements on both sides. Okay. That's balance. So for example, you might have some evergreens on the right side that are very large. Um, and on the left side, you may not have very large evergreens, but you have some evergreens present to provide a similar texture. Now you also want a similar amount of form and structure on both sides. So maybe while you have very large evergreens on the right side, you might have some semi-large um, shrubs on the other side that provide a different texture, um, but they still provide a level of balance. Uh, so your your design doesn't seem fully lopsided, if that makes sense. Um, hopefully, I'm articulating this okay. And then, of course, you could provide additional balance between both sides of the landscape without having symmetry. You could provide balance by maybe, you know, for a certain part of the season, you have a theme of, uh, let's say, um, violet and yellow flowers across both sides of the landscape. Not necessarily symmetrically, but in a way that it seems um, 
it doesn't draw the eye to one side or the other side of the design too strongly. Okay, that's balance. Um, and then you interplay with symmetry in a more um, stark context context with your framing of the doorway for example and that provides the real big thing that symmetry provides that it provides in a sense of intent and not just randomness okay so that's important all right so now let's jump into the third one which is repetition okay repetition is the use of similar elements across your design so this could be use of similar plants colors or textures across your design. So we talked about those violet and yellow flowers, right? So repeating those across your design or maybe even across time um, in your design. So, you know, bloom time, for example, you have a sequence of repetition. And that's very important because if you think about a lot of landscapes or if next time you're driving, you know, through a subdivision, repetition is often um, lacking. So you'll see a single tree here or, um, you know, one or two plants here in like a little circle in the middle of the lawn or something. That's lack of repetition, okay? So you want these elements repeated throughout your landscape in a very deliberate manner. Okay, so we've covered the basics of how to design. You are now a master of design. <laughs> um, a little bit of an exaggeration there, but but these are the, the very basic fundamentals that will really help you massively as you go through designing a garden bed okay it takes us from the random haphazard garden to actually something that looks beautiful and artistic and well planned okay follow these basics and it will take you a long way okay so now the moment you've all been waiting for we'll talk a little bit about plant selection okay so uh Please don't, you know, forget about all that other stuff because that's all very important before we get to the phase of plant selection. We take our design as we've created it and as we're doing it, um, you know, we're, we're starting to articulate parts of plants that we want to have in our design without specifically calling out specific plants. And that's very important. So we might have, you know, a dense shrubby evergreen here and a very wispy grass here, and then a loose open form shrub here, and you know some yellow flowers here, and uh, a clump of um, a clump of texture that you know provides some maybe some red color here, uh, with um, you know a a dark kind of dense form, and in a you know some sort of uh, textury foliage um, that we hopefully find. And so that could be, for example, that could be something like a, uh, well, let's see, if I switch it to an open form, it could be something like a Japanese maple. Um, or a, a dense form could be like a like a scarlet nine bark plant, um, for those of you who know what nine bark shrubs are. Um, just examples to give you here. So, um, so, but for now, with our design, we were thinking about um, just those specific elements of those plants. Now, when we get into plant selection, we'll take in additional factors of our landscape in order to in order to select the right plant or groups of plants uh, that might fit into our design. So, again, going back to the beginning. We want our plants to fulfill the goals that we've set and also the intent of our design overall. 
okay? It's very important because otherwise we lose we lose the purpose of our design after spending all this effort to do it properly. So we still want to make sure the plants that we've chosen fulfill those goals. Now, in addition, a very, very, very important piece for low-maintenance landscaping, which is, again, what we talk about here on Easy Living Yards, is not just any old landscaping, but low-maintenance landscaping that saves time, maximizes our effort, and provides beauty at the same time. And if we care, and if we really want to hit it out of the park, also provides a benefit to the world around us. Okay? Awesome stuff, right? Well, if that's what we want to do, we want to make sure these plants meet the site conditions, okay? Very important. In order to make plants happy, we need to make sure we select the right type of plants that fit in the space we have. So think about it this way, right? If you think about um, walking through the woods in nature, look at all the plants around you, okay? Now look at how many of those are walking around and choosing the best spot for them. You don't find that, right? So what's programmed into the plants is the the plants that survive the best and the seeds that sprout the best are the ones that are in the right condition that those plants are genetically programmed for, okay? Our gardens are the same, except the main difference is we humans are choosing where those plants go instead of the plants using their genetics to do so themselves, okay? So in, in order to have those plants be successful, we want to make sure we have the right site conditions for the types of plants we're looking for, okay? Or to put it a different way, we want to only look at plants that meet the site conditions we have, okay? It's very important here. So the conditions I'm talking about are things like moisture, so how wet or dry is your um, is your soil conditions or your climate, um, what is the sun exposure you have, um, what soil type do you have, so on and so forth, okay? These are very important pieces for what types of plants you might have in your landscape. Okay, now another important piece is the plants you select may also provide a function. Okay, so think about what types of functions you're looking at. That also might um, filter out what plants you're selecting. So for example, uh, does the area, the area you're designing, does it require um, being able to survive foot traffic? Um, if so, uh, that's very important, right? So think of a lawn, for example. Lawns are the archetype for standing up to foot traffic, moderate to heavy foot traffic, right? So um, that's very important when you select your plants if they have to fit into a specific function. Now, in addition, um, you, maybe it could be something like preserving a sight line, right? That's also very important. So the plants you have, if you design uh, a sight line into your landscape design, but then you choose a plant that has, you know, a mature height of 80 to 100 feet and 30 to 40 feet wide, um, that's going to cause a problem with preserving that sight line, okay? So very important when you're selecting your plants. Now, another piece that's very important is availability. You want to make sure that the plant you're choosing is uh, available to you. So you want to make sure, you know, is it available at local nurseries or for mail order uh, or something like that? That's very important stuff. Um, okay, so once we've covered all those bases, you can see now how things could quickly narrow down to the, to the types of plants you might be choosing, right? 
So you go from maybe potentially being completely overwhelmed by the vast amount of plants available to us to now we have very specific site conditions we have to select plants. Uh, we have a smaller amount of availability to us and so on and so forth. Um, to now we might be looking at a smaller group of plants to, to choose from. Now also we want to talk about our design needs, right? We just made this beautiful design and now we want to specify what types of plants fit that design. So this could be we want something that's evergreen, or we want a specific bloom time or color or mature height or width, and so on and so forth. So these things then filter down even further to, to narrow our group of plants down to a, a small group that then we end up making a choice on. Okay, this is how you choose your plants. Okay, another important piece, of course, is, is if you have certain environmental goals that you're going for. Right. I want to highlight this because this is something I care about very strongly. So if we want, uh, for example, native plants in our design, we might also look up which plants are native to our specific region. OK. Or if we want plants that provide a certain ecosystem service. So we want something that uh, maybe we have a home that we've discovered is on a um, has, you know, toxic residues in the soil. It's very common. So maybe we want plants that, um, you know, perform some sort of um, biofiltration or um, accumulation of specific metals. I'm getting very technical here, but this is, you know, if this is something you care about, this is a highlight you can make. Uh, you might also want plants that um, help infiltrate runoff, so have very deep roots, and also ones that have very fibrous roots to anchor soil or prevent erosion. Um, you might have plants that you want to provide pollinator habitat, so might serve as overwintering sites for insects, or might serve as nectar sources or pollen sources for insects. All of these are really, really important factors that go into plant selection. So, that's where I'm going to leave us today, guys, is um, we've just gone through essentially uh, what a professional looks at when they're trying to design a landscape. They'll start from the top and they'll work through, you know, what are the goals we have? What are the functions we want to meet? What are the design elements that we want to incorporate into our design? And then what plants fit all of those needs? And that's how we come with a beautiful, cohesive, well-designed garden bed. Now, I, before we wrap up today, I do have uh, a pile of resources here as usual for us. So if you're looking to learn more, um, I've got a couple other episodes I want to highlight. One is creating a landscape vision. If you're having trouble with that goals piece, um, a landscape vision is really the top level, most important piece of a design. It's what gives us an overarching goal or view of our entire um, lifestyle on our landscape. Okay, so if you want to create a landscape vision, head on over and listen to episode 72. All of these links are in the show notes for the show today. So you can go there and click on the links in the show notes or head on over to easylivingyards.com slash episode 109. Um, you can also get, get there by ely.how slash episode 109 if you're on your mobile. Saves a couple types. Um, Another uh, great resource is find your landscape design style. So we talked about a little bit of style here, but we didn't really go in too deep. So episode 42 uh, helps you uh, learn about landscape design style. Likewise, landscape design like a pro. So it's kind of an extension of this episode we talked today. Uh, it gives us a little bit of different perspective on some of the design process. If you want to, you know, dive in more before you go into your design, head on over to episode 43 to learn how to design like a pro. 
Now, if you're looking for a great resource for plants, one I've highlighted on the show here quite often, uh, because I love it and I use it a lot myself, is the Missouri Botanical Garden Plant Finder tool. So um, I'm going to drop a link in the show notes of that as well. Uh, as always, guys, um, if you really uh, are interested in designing your landscape, this uh, this episode is kind of a little tiny snippet of what the courses in the Easy Living Yards membership are like. So um, the Easy Living Yards membership, for those of you who don't know, is the membership coaching program. It's an online platform uh, plus Q&A type thing um, where you get coaching with me and uh, a community with the other members and you get courses too just like this that walks you step by step through the entire landscape design process so if this is something that would be helpful to you um, especially as we're thinking about getting into the gardening season this year go on over check out the easy living yards membership um, you can always go find that by going to easylivingyards.com membership. Guys, I've had an awesome time chatting through this process today. If you have any questions, as always, you can go to easylivingyards.com ask and ask me a question. Um, we can talk more about this as well. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you live with passion. Make tomorrow better than today.